Hey, 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 Chica. Welcome to the Lavelda Show Women of Power podcast, the show where women share their personal power tools, the techniques, strategies, and ways of being which have enabled their business and life success. I'm your host, Lavelda Vincenzi, a female speaker mentor, speaker, and event host on a mission to unleash authentic, powerful female voices onto the world. In today's episode, we'll be uncovering the power tools of Meta Johansson. Meta worked in leadership across Asia and Europe for multinational corporations for over 15 years before she founded Meta Mind Training, a training consultancy which provides learning programs in leadership, people, and communication skills. Meta Mind won the Best Leadership Development 2020 Award from APEC Insider. Clients included large multinational companies such as Citibank, GlaxoSmithKline, IKEA, as well as mid-size and local companies. For more than 20 years, Meta has studied leadership, influence, motivation, and engagement in an international setting. As a highly purpose-driven and authentic leader herself, Meta speaks internationally on how to become a purpose-driven and authentic leader. As the founder and relentless driver of Keynote, Women's Speaker Directory, she is on a mission to bring diversity to speaking stages around the world. This has led Meta to be sought-after consultant and facilitator for diversity and inclusion programs. Meta is the author of two Amazon bestsellers and is interviewing 100 leaders predominantly in Asia for her third book on authentic leadership. Meta is the recipient of the Asian Business Icon Award and Insights Magazine's 50 Most Promising Women in Business Award and has been featured in a range of media including Singapore's flagship paper The Straits Times and Asia Entrepreneur, BFM, Money FM 89.3 and Harper's Bazaar. Having lived and studied and worked in 11 countries, Meta is a global citizen who speaks fluently in four languages and now calls Singapore home. Well, in today's episode with, with Meta's unique experience, we'll be exploring what feminine leadership really looks like. Remember, all of the links shared in the show can be found in the show notes. The only way to ensure that you get your regular fix is to click that subscribe button to make sure that you get updates as soon as a new episode is added. Now, that is quite enough from me for now. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Lavelda Show Women of Power podcast. If you're joining this podcast for the very first time, I'm telling you at the top end, just hit that like subscribe button now because what's coming next, you're going to wish you had. And I want to have to remind you, girl. I just, I just don't want to have to remind you. So today's guest it, like could not be any more perfect. Like I honestly think she might be like a doppelganger of me, but from Denmark, like it's ridiculous. So she has a background in leadership training, has been doing that for like over 20 years with large multinational companies where I'm like, bam. And then, and then to take it further, she runs a organization called Keynote, which is basically a women's speaker directory because somehow she's come to see that we also need more women on stage. So she's taken leadership and female speaking, and she's doing both of them. So I am beyond excited. Please welcome my guest today, Meta Johansson. How are you, darling? Awesome, especially after that amazing introduction. I feel even better. Thank you for making my day, Lavelda. <laughs> Do you know what? Sometimes people just need to have that like cheerleader pump pump moment, you know, when yeah, you're like, thanks. yeah, <laughs> somebody's happy to see me. Yes, I 
am. Yes, I am. I am so excited about your background and what you've come to do. So I met you through a mutual friend um, in relation to the keynote business that you run. Did not know you also did a bunch of leadership training, my darling. So please, how did you get into doing leadership training? I worked for multinational companies for a long time and um, I had a bit of a midlife crisis, to be honest. I thought I needed to go out and do my own thing. I had not really exactly found out what that thing would be. I'd luckily, I found my way. Um, looking backwards, you know, connecting the dots is really, really easy. And I saw that the times that I was the most energetic, the times that I enjoyed my job, the most was when I could truly impact the people who were working with me, when I could develop my teams rather than just lead them. That was when I was totally energetic, loving my job. So I thought, why not make this a full-time occupation? Wow. And so you work predominantly with large multinational organizations or do you also work with smaller companies? Is it just the big ones? I was working with the big ones. Yeah. And do you find that there's a difference in the way that women lead versus men, dare I ask? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's really nice to see because um, I have been talking about, so when I go on stage and speak, like you also do, Lavalda, I speak a lot about authenticity mm -hmm. and how it's important that you embrace your own values. When you live your own values, that is when you become authentic. And that is also what energizes you. It, it unleashes energy to do extraordinary things. Now, um, as part of this talk, when I speak to women, I also urge them to embrace their feminine values because what happens in multinational companies, especially, but in leadership in general, is that we are expected as a woman, we're expected to fit in and lead like a man. I believe, I am such a strong believer of right now is a time where women can embrace also feminine qualities, feminine values and lead with those. And that is care, compassion and all of that, you know? Uh, so yes, absolutely. If we dare to embrace the feminine side of ourselves, that is when we become very, very powerful leaders. And well, on average, we're a little bit better at it than men are. So yes, oh. there is a difference. Winning, hashtag winning. <laughs> Do you think though, like I also believe I have no, this is pure anecdotal evidence, but I do also believe that women are much better leaders when they're in their feminine. However, the context, especially in large organization, is not a feminine context. The, like, how do you bring that into the space when, when actually that space is, it's a large kind of male-driven, bravado, dick-swinging environment? You know the ones I mean. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there was a very visual representation of what you're describing recently, a company I went to, and they had this picture of a hawk or eagle. I'm not an expert in birds, but this hawk or eagle that was attacking its prey. And that was symbolizing what the company stood for. I just thought, oh my goodness, this is nothing that I relate to as a leader. You know, as a woman, I cannot relate to that. That was such a visual strong symbol of how the rules 
have been written by the white American man mm -hmm. in business. The rules have been written by the white American guy, quite literally so. Look at the business books that are taught in MBA schools today. They are written by the white American man. And we feel that we have to fit in. And I, I did a lot of women in leadership programs when I left corporate life a, a while ago. What I very quickly realized was that a lot of women said, don't fix us. We don't need fixing. The system needs fixing. And that is exactly what I'm focusing a lot of my energy on today. That is fixing the systems in corporations to make them less aggressive, less elbow, I got to move forward and competitive, but rather collaborative and compassionate and caring um, about people who work there. And do you think the same applies to business owners um, who were starting their business? Perhaps maybe they worked in a large corporate before, or maybe not, but, you know, the female business owner who's now perhaps wanting to collaborate with those large multinationals and get in there. Do you think that this plays a role, that kind of context of what a leader looks like? Of course, because... I did an MBA and I took all of this as for face value that this is the truth. This is how you run a, a business. And when we're so much used to it, it takes quite a bit of guts to break out of that mm -hmm. and lead in different ways. So yes, also in small businesses, there will be a lot of this very traditional, uh, aggressive, winning, uh, ego-driven uh, business culture around. There will be that for quite a while to go still. I'm very convinced about it. What I do notice though is when I do my keynote talk on, um, on authenticity and values and I speak about exactly these things, what I do know is that when I speak to very traditional corporate companies and I ask them who here knows their say top three or five personal core values, maybe one or two hands go up. When I started doing this five years ago, sometimes there was not one single hand oh, wow. going up in the room. Now maybe it is somewhere between one and a third of the room. Now, when I do this to entrepreneurial audiences, there's a much larger proportion of hands that go up. You will see business owners, yes, I know what my values are. I know what drives me. This is my passion. With women also, you do tend to see a much larger proportion of what my values are, meaning that women, as well as entrepreneurs, they will be more values and purpose driven. Mm -hmm. They will be more connected to this is me, this is important to me, and this is how I'm going to lead. So yes, there is a difference um, between large corporations and small businesses. We're not all the way there yet, but I definitely see a lot of hope of um, how companies are changing right now. And that kind of brings me to the next point in terms of starting keynotes. It, they feel like two completely different things. It's like you're doing leadership training in corporates and you're, you know, yes, I can get there's an angle to seeing the difference between male leaders versus female leaders. But then you decide to go and start a female speaker's directory. Yeah, yeah. How did those two things come to be? 
Now, it is because I'm very purpose-driven myself and I believe a lot in diversity. You introduced me as being from Denmark. Yes, I'm from Denmark. I've lived in Singapore longer than I've lived in Denmark. I uh, am calling from Singapore right now. And uh, yeah, I've lived in Asia for more than 20 years. So diversity is important to me. Diversity and especially inclusion, um, that is something I feel very, very strongly about. And as a keynote speaker, you know, you realize that you're maybe the only woman on the agenda. Um, maybe you're the MC who is uh, being invited so that you can moderate a, a discussion between all the men there, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously there is some unfairness going on around there and I don't like it when things are unfair. So that's, um, yeah, there was an opportunity. I am part of a women's organization who asked me to put down a list of women who can speak. And I thought, why keep a list internally? Um, I Googled a bit, I saw there's no such thing as a directory in Singapore or in Asia of women mm -hmm. speakers only. So why not make it public? We were first planning on doing it uh, for Asia, and then I got a few requests from Europe and later also from North America. So we thought, why just keep it to Asia? Why not make it global? So that's exactly what we're, uh, what we're doing right now. We're bringing this to global stages. We want to have diversity, all kinds of diversity. Of course, gender diversity is one very important mm -hmm. part of it. But it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm in Singapore. I don't want to exchange the mostly white men speaking here, some also Chinese um, descent men speaking on stages in Singapore. I don't want to ex replace those with people like me. You know, we don't want to replace uh, the men with white women here in Singapore. We need to have all colors. Um, and, and to me, it's also much more than just about women, to be honest. Um, I sometimes say I couldn't really care less about women but i shouldn't be saying that on this podcast today right no well, like, it, i get what you mean it's like it's it's, it's one of many things so exactly no exactly. i completely i completely get it because i yeah. i mean i'm a i'm the like female like my inner feminist comes out yeah. when i go on stages and there's just a sea of men and I, I'm just not about fighting every battle. Like, you know, you want diversity yeah. in sexuality, you want diversity in abilities, you exactly. want diversity in cultural upbringing, race, you know, race and gender. There's, there's so many exactly. different layers to it. But I can't fight all of the battles, peeps. So if you've got a problem with <laughs> other types of diversity, you start that group. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, you exactly. know, I'm not denying it. I would love to see... Yeah. more diversity in general because i just think that we have much better quality conversations and much better quality information when it comes from so many such a wide spectrum of backgrounds and experiences because there'll be things we just haven't thought of because it's just never come across our path yeah exactly and uh, the reason why i'm still very passionate about having a directory full of of women speakers i mean this is what i do right um is because i'm so convinced that when we get women of all color of all beliefs and uh well even uh, people of all genders mm -hmm. uh, when we get everybody who is non-male to speak up 
other people will follow as well. You mm -hmm. know, if I get more um, Malaysian women, uh, if I get more Chinese women, Japanese women to speak up on stages all around the world, when we get more African women to speak up also in Europe and in Asia, mm -hmm. that is when everybody else will come as well. The men will follow. If we women of all color go up on stages and speak, the men will follow. I, I've uh, always just minority thought, men will follow. Yeah, I always just think somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got yeah. to be a trailblazer. Exactly. And we can sit back and blame the world and the cultural context and, 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 or we could group together and find ways to transform things just a little bit, you know, just have that one more stage where another event organizer is consciously looking for diversity on their stages. And the good news is I am seeing more organizers really consciously take into account the mix and the diversity that they're having on stages. But that means we have got to make it easier for them, ladies. Like, I'm not even kidding. They, you guys are hard yeah. to find. Like, <laughs> like, it's not even a joke. So things like Keynote are absolutely required now. And yes. I'd encourage people to go check the show notes, check it out apply, get involved. Like if you want to be speaking, put yourself out there as much as possible, which kind of brings me on to the next question. Cause I think you're very, very uniquely positioned with your background, working with so many large multinational organizations, working in places of leadership where you're seeing people who are really standing in their power, both men and women, and also then working with speakers. And to me, I just kind of think somebody who is a speaker has kind of got to be in their power. Otherwise, it's just, just kind of doesn't work. <laughs> you don't see speakers going on really meek. The really great ones know who they are and they can kind of authentically stand in that space. So with all of that view that you've had, your unique perspective, what is it that you think makes a woman powerful? I am a very strong believer of following your values, your core values. Mm -hmm. What is the most important thing to you in your life and it's it's not a label very often when we introduce ourselves we say oh i'm an mba lawyer mother whatever when you take away all these labels what is left of you so the concepts and the principles are the most important to you when you make these when you design your life around these that's when you become powerful when you have very strong clarity about this is what's important to me in my life i am going to design my life around it that will give you power i was in corporate life and was close to a burn burnout and um i took a little bit of time out i i resigned took a bit of time out and reflected on what's important to me in my life uh, and now that I've designed my life around it, which is about growth, empowerment, diversity, all of that is, is of core importance to me. Now that I've designed my life around that, I am so much more powerful than I've ever been. And that's also because I have so much more energy than I've ever had. When you live your values, it unlocks these vast amounts of intrinsic energy that's stored in every single one of us. So that's the very first thing. Think about what is truly important to you in your life and what kind of purpose does that lead into? I'm very that's, convinced that it's the values that create your purpose. So powerful. And I think that, that what, what occurs to me that almost goes hand in hand with that 
is boundaries. Because I've watched so many women and they're like, oh, I would do, I would do, but you know, you know, there's this happening or that happening or, and those decisions that say, mm, not in my world, go, Mm-mm. take that mm. somewhere else, not here. I don't do that. You know, for example, Lavelda does not do meetings at nine o'clock in the morning, like ever. <laughs> I just don't. I don't like it. It sets me off to a terrible day. I stop working full time so I don't have to be somewhere looking fresh at 9 a.m. in the morning. Unless it's a paid speaking engagement, forget it. If I'm at home, I am not getting up at seven o'clock to be on a call with anybody at 9 a.m. in the morning, my time ever. <laughs> like I will stay up later, but it just, it totally whacks my day out. And anytime I thought I had to run my business on somebody else's clock, doesn't work for me. I value rest. I like to be able to wake up and have a really kind of leisurely start to my day so that when I see the first client, when I do that first interview, I'm like awake and alert and can give a hundred percent of myself. But otherwise I'm, I feel like I'm on the back foot the whole time. Like, you know, running right up the, the re- rear as it's called, you know, yeah. I'm in the race, but I'm right in the back. And I think sometimes what happens, particularly to us as women, is we know what's important to us. We just don't honor that. We're like, mm, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> and it's so important to honor it because you will have so much more enjoyment in your day when you have honored what's important to you. When it's important to you to start the day a little bit later than most people do in corporate life, well, honor that. Mm-hmm. And I know that in corporate life, that can be a challenge. It is very often small things like, um, when I look back at my corporate life, I was micromanaged. I also worked for a German company and there's a lot of micromanagers in Germany. Germans do That's like- That's just their in- style. <laughs> exactly, be in control of all the details. So that was maybe not the best choice for me. Um, so, so looking backwards, now also I can tell that when people tell me what to do, I get loopy, I am drained at the end of the day. I don't feel, I don't feel on top of things. And it's something as small as micromanagement that can make the difference whether I come home in the evening and think, oh my God, I need a glass of wine or, oh, let's have a glass of wine. <laughs> so, the so wine is still there, by the way, ladies. <laughs> yeah, of, that. of course. <laughs> of course. It is the way that you go about enjoying the glass of wine, right? Is it, oh my God, I need something. Uh, I'm just completely drained. Or is it, wow, that was a good day. I deserve to, to pamper myself a little bit. And um, yeah, so the more you are aware of what's important to you, how do you thrive the best? Um, the more energy you have to do extraordinary things. I, I, I love that. The more energy you have to do extraordinary things, because it's, it's almost like the discomfort of maybe having to tell one or two people no, or, <laughs> or not do that thing you said you were going to do because you really didn't want to do it, but you felt like you had to. But understanding that those are things that are sapping your energy from your greatness. Like the more energy you'll have to do extraordinary things. Oh, girl. Mm. See, when I have guests on here, sometimes they skim over them little gems. It's like an amazing little nugget. And it's, I'm like, listen, no, I caught it. I caught it. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it coming and I caught it. (laughs) Right. The saying no is a great example because very often we don't jump into those conversations where we should say no. And when we do so afterwards, we feel, oh, it was not such a big deal, was it? But at the end of the day, we're energized 
because we are standing up for what's important to ourselves. I, I had an experience with my daughter who was uh, 16 at the time. She's 17 now. She had a job interview and all of a sudden they said, oh my God, you have to work 46 hours a week or whatever it was. And uh, I had to drag her still to the job interview. She just wanted to block the employer on WhatsApp. And I was, no, I'm not <laughs> doing it. You gotta do it. So she went there and we said, no, this is too much. The hours uh, will not be possible because she's doing her exams. Now, um, in the way you, you position it, in, in the way of saying, we're very interested in doing this job. Now, at the same time, we have an IB exam coming up over the next year and a half. Um, would it be possible to work, say, 12 hours a week? Mm -hmm. So instead of saying outright no and blocking people, simply putting it in a different way. And she walked out of there feeling so good about having said no and not having the regrets afterwards either. Words. Um, having the regrets afterwards either. So this is the power of setting your boundaries and also embracing challenging conversations. Ooh, because embrace the challenging things, conversation. Yeah, yeah. You will have so much more energy afterwards because you did the right thing. You stood up for what you believe in. Um, it makes a huge difference. And I love that idea of no, but. So it's not necessarily a, you know, that's it. You know, here's the wall. We're done. It's also saying, this is what I would prefer. So this is what you want, but this is what works for me. And sometimes they kind of go, oh, actually, we could, we could do that too. Exactly. This was just our starting point. And other times they can't, but you haven't walked away from it with that like negative, well, screw you. <laughs> I'm exactly. out of here. I'm not doing this. Instead, that you know, empowering position of actually considering what it is that would work for you. Because I think there's there's that distinction of no, I'm defending my boundaries, and it just comes off a bit a, a bit brash and a bit harsh, a bit like oh, this person's just not interested. But being yeah. able to say no, here's what would work for me instead. There's so much power in that. Absolutely. And very often, as you said, you will get to a mutual agreement. If you simply stay silent and say, yes, I can work 46 hours. What kind of problem do you get into when you're having to sit an exam and work 46 hours, right? But by saying exactly what is important to you, other people will understand it. Try and find a solution. And if there's no solution, well, then you just know you've parted and everything is okay. So next time you want to come back and work for that person, uh, there might still be an open door. Wonderful. And so I think, I think we've probably touched on your first power tool, haven't we? Because you was, you, values is so core to everything that you do. Yeah. And how does somebody find their values if they don't know them? Or do we just instinctively know them and we just have to listen? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people instinctively know their values. When we are attracted to work for a certain company. Let's stay with the leadership and the corporates, mm -hmm. the professional life, so to say. We're attracted to a certain company doing certain things very often because it fits our belief systems, our value systems. So yes, there is a lot of intuition around it. Now, it also is about simply sitting down and thinking about what is really truly important to me mm -hmm. i do have some um, some free online courses that we do um, uh, in order to find your core values uh, honestly also getting a coach can be very very helpful 
because for some people they find it like this it takes them half an hour of reflection and they're like oh of course this is why i've always been so interested in dot 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 fill out yeah. the blank here right um and for others it is something that takes a little bit more of uncovering what exactly is important to you so i've had coaches that it has taken six sessions uh, so six hours over a period of maybe three to four or five six months to say all right those are the things that are most important to me in my life. And this is how I'm going to design my life accordingly. I love it. What would be your second power tool? So know, know and honor your values, number one. <laughs> and there's a lot in that, as you can tell, a lot. We've only skimmed the surface. Absolutely. And what would be your second one? I will have to refer to keynote women's speakers directory and it is about speaking up. So it's, um, and one of the things I absolutely love about having started this initiative to bring more diversity to speaking stages is that a, there are a lot of women who are good at speaking up. They're not so good at selling themselves. They must also learn to put themselves out there. And this is something you know all about, Lavelda. I know that. Um, and it's, um, it's quite easy to put women out there and make them more visible. And the second part is, we also focus a lot on this, is training more women to speak up. So we have this training program that right now we only do it in person in Singapore. We will bring this online and bring it out to the whole world because the whole world needs this. Mm -hmm. It is quite easy to nudge women, to push them, give them that little bit of a push yeah. of saying, hey, you can speak on the stage. You're super inspirational. And um, it, it's quite easy to give women the confidence to speak up on stage. And this might sound strange because a lot of people, maybe even people listening to this will say, oh, there's no way you can drag me onto a stage and speak in front of 500 people. Um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing how um, fairly simple it is to change that. What we do at Keynote is to focus very much on, again, it's back to my, my first power tool that you mentioned just now, the values. When you focus on, this is not about me, it's about the audience. Mm -hmm. I have a message. I, I, I want the world to be a better place. And by me standing on stage, sharing this with you, with the audience, the, the stage fright goes away. And women, since we are on average more values driven, more purpose driven, we have something that can inspire others. And what's more powerful than an inspirational speaker? Some of the events that I've been to, I have compared women speakers and male speakers. What I very often find is that there's more of this ego when men go on stage. That doesn't necessarily make you a good speaker. What makes you a good speaker is that you have a great message that inspires other people. In the program, we focus, the first couple of sessions is about what is it that drives you and what is it that you want to change in the world? All right, girl, go out and share this with the world. You can do so. We also focus a lot on what are you good at as a speaker? And it's back to what we talked about before with leadership, that there's this standard expectation of how you show up as a leader. If we try to conform with that, we're not going to be very powerful because we're not authentically ourselves. If we focus first on 
this is what I'm really good at as a speaker. I'm, yeah. I'm very charming or I'm, uh, I'm very warm or I'm very authentic or I'm making myself vulnerable and not afraid of making a fool out of myself. So the combination of um, the vulnerability of showing up as you and not as this is what a speaker must be. Uh, there is this organization that trains speakers all over the world and they have this checklist of 10 different things that you must do in order to become a speaker. And I don't want to criticize anybody, so I'm not going to mention any names. We do exactly the opposite. We're going to look at what are you good at as a speaker? Yes, build on that. You're powerful. I think so it's really that, funny because um, I was saying to one of our other guests, <laughs> I was like, it's weird. Like in business, we know the thing that's we're always looking for is what is your unique selling point? Like what makes you different? And then we get into business and we'll do everything like everybody else. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, exactly. there is that, that thing that you do a little bit differently when you can own it and embrace it and really lean into it, use that as your thing that becomes a thing that you're known for and that's why people come to you. But if you mesh it in and mellow it out, you come up, come out as this generic one note speaker and there's nothing that differentiates you from somebody else. And, you know, if we want more women on stage. We need to have women on stage, not like a version of who we think we need to be to be on stage. Mm -mm, no girl, mm -mm. you better turn up like you. <laughs> So that's power tool number two. So we've got speak out, a speak up. So, you know, get, figure out your message, get out there and really own it. Talk about it as you authentically know and own your values. Yeah. That's two things. Know it and own it. And what's your third one, boo? <laughs> now, when you asked me for three, I was stretched a little bit there. And I was like, what because is Because these two one? are so core to you. You were like, what would be the third? Exactly. Exactly. Now, I started reflecting on what is it that other people say about me. And I was asked to speak about the fearless entrepreneur not so long ago. And I thought, why should I speak about the fearless entrepreneur? Like the word fear, it's something I would just never put into my mouth. It's not a word that I, I would speak about. <laughs> that might be why, darling. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I figured out as well. <laughs> and um, of course, it doesn't mean that I'm, uh, that I'm super confident about speaking on stage with loads of people in front of me. Of course, I do have some anxiety there. Of course, my heart is pumping a little bit more. Um, it's just not anything I focus on very much. It's more mm -hmm. about, I, I see the opportunities. I see opportunity everywhere. I, uh, I have 10 new business ideas in a day very often. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, I guess it is being fearless um, and, and rather focusing on what are all the things that can go right rather than on all the things that can go wrong. Oh, because you'll get the wrong things if you focus on them. That doesn't mean Absolutely. that you it doesn't mean that you have to um, live under a rock. It seems to be my new saying: living under rocks. It doesn't mean that you have to to be naive about those possibilities. But if your attention is on looking for them and seeking them out and being in them and worrying about them, when your intention can be the other way, which is what could this do? How big could it be? How, what impact could I have? 
knowing that sometimes it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit bumpy. Maybe the tech might not work fully. Maybe you'll forget something in the middle and you'll sell three points and you'll have two. <laughs> you'll learn. That's how you get better. That's how you move Absolutely. things forward. And I think, um, particularly as women, we have this we have this nature of just overthinking and over-evaluating and oh, wanting it to be perfect. Boo, it ain't going to be perfect the first time. I don't know, it might not be perfect till time 2015. And then, then you might screw up on the next time anyway. So when you let go, of, it's true, right? It could be going so well. Oh, I'm cool. I'm okay with webinars. I will tell you, we came to record this. I have... I did a silly thing at the beginning of this recording and I pressed the wrong button and we have restarted computers. We have logged out and logged back in and press reset 15 times because somebody here pressed the dumb dumb button and blocked the audio. <laughs> so it doesn't actually matter how long you're doing something for, you can still experience that mess up, but it's whether or not you let that mess up define you or can you still keep, like, I, what I love about fearlessness is if you remember what we, you were like as a kid, you just didn't care. It was like the naivety was great. You would, you know, gung-ho into things that you think back now, you just think, crikey, if I'd have known there was a possibility I could get hurt, maybe I wouldn't do it. Um, and I love, I love that idea of bringing back some of that energy. Very well put. Thank you. And I know you've got, you've told me that you've got a little freebie, like a little giveaway for us. What have you brought? What have you brought along today, Meta? Uh, as I mentioned before, there is on my website a free online values test where you, you can go through it and um, discover what are your values? What are the things that are of core importance to you in your life and what is it that can lead to your purpose which uh, of course unleashes the passion that allows you to do extraordinary things and who doesn't want to be extraordinary that link ladies is in the show notes wherever platform you're watching the link is in the show notes if you're really ready to speak up you know don't speak out be fearless have that impact. We've got to start with your values. So check out the link in the show notes. Meta, for people listening who are thinking, mm, that keynote thing, I need to get involved in it. Or this woman knows a thing or two about leadership. I just need to be in her sphere. Like she's got stuff. I want that. Where do they find you? Of course, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, Meta Johansson, you will find me there. And to anybody who wants to become a keynote speaker who is already a keynote speaker please do find us on womenkeynote.com we are a non-profit organization we are at the moment run 100% by volunteers which of course means that uh, don't expect uh, super professionalism from us the good thing is we are going to change that so um, we will we're going to take on the world and bring so much diversity to all over the world uh, in the in the next year and I have no doubt you're going to do it. You know why? Because you're fearless. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're fearless. Again, those links are in the show notes. So do click on the notes to make sure that you grab those, get over there, um, check out Keynote, um, check out 
the, the freebie where you can learn what your values are. Metz, you've been amazing. Like the, it's such a beautiful, unique perspective in terms of somebody who is right up there with leadership, but also really flying the flag of diversity and the flag of the flag of the person who's less seen upon the stage. I love it. What one thing would you like to leave people with today? Help me wrap today's show up, babe. What would I like to leave people with today? Simply, well, first of all, I want to say, Lavalda, you are amazing. You are also carrying this flag for gender diversity, which is so much needed. And to everybody who's following your podcast, go for it. Go find what your values are, redesign your life and dare to embrace the vulnerability that also goes with unmasking who you truly are inside of yourself. Dare this because it does unleash so much energy for you to do extraordinary things. Goosebumps. Goosebumps, like literally like all down the arms. I'm like, Ooh. dare to embrace your vulnerability. Go out there and do extraordinary, exquisite, exceptional things, living in a compelling, amazing, phenomenal life. You have been listening to The Lavelda Show, Women of Power podcast. If you have not already subscribed, do that. If you are on the YouTube channel, hit that bell, the ding dong bell, so that you can be notified when a new episode is added. Until next time, chicas. Laters! <laughs>